for being here, my friend. I'm Vonna Davis, and from my heart, I welcome you to the Midlife Confidence Podcast, the show that will help you skip the midlife crisis and fulfill your midlife quest. I found the key to growing in our middle years lies in managing our own mind. I want to teach you to reimagine your identity and purpose and live a life full of possibility. Join me on a journey to discover your midlife confidence. One of the great things about life coaching is that I get to constantly learn and test things out on myself and my own life. See how they help me feel and if they help me get the right things done, those things that I've decided I want. And one of my favorite concepts I run into is honoring commitments to myself. And that's an idea that really lands with a lot of my clients. I love that moment when a client lights up like with aha and something makes sense to them and it clicks. And the first time I ever saw that was with my first client. At the time, I was coaching my first clients for free to get some experience. And it was this concept of honoring commitments to ourself that she loved so much and just really made sense for her. Essentially, it's just learning to do what we planned to do and what we wanted to do. But by the time we get to midlife, how many things in our life have we wanted, we've planned, we've committed to do for ourselves, and then we didn't finish that goal, we didn't master that challenge, or we hardly even started the project. We don't like to be let down, but you know what? We usually betray ourselves more than we do anyone else. So let's talk about when we start to wonder if we have what it takes to create the things in our life we really want and how to start honoring commitments to ourselves. And there's two big things that go into this, and the first one is self-mastery. That comes through those personal, in-the-moment micro-decisions we make. When we decide if we're going to eat better or exercise better, or we're going to spend more time in prayer like we said we would, or we're going to go to bed at a certain time, or we're going to follow through with our plans to do something fun every week. What do we decide in the moment to do it or not do it and why? And the other thing going on is there's other people and we often get in patterns of always prioritizing what other people want and what they need and dropping what we want and what we decided for ourselves. Here's just a few examples of how I've learned to honor commitments to myself and I know that you have a lot of things you've already figured out too. I've learned to start the day with a morning ritual that includes scripture and prayer and time to connect with God. I've learned to plan my week, starting with a master list of what I want to do that week. That's working really good, and I can trust myself to do that, and it has really helped me get more things done. And a simple one is just, I decided I wanted to eat at least five veggies every day, so I do that every day, and usually more. And of course, there's some that I'm still working on. So I've mentioned this in the podcast before. I'm always working on learning to sleep better because that gets challenging in midlife. And I know there are five things that help me sleep better if I do all of them. And that is to go for a walk outside in the light, get up and go to bed at the same time every day, get off screens one or two hours before bed, do yoga before bedtime, and the last one is turn down the heat. We actually sleep better when it's cooler. And when I do all of those things, I pretty much always sleep really well all night. But I only do all of them about half the time lately, the last month or two over Christmas and all of that. 
So I'm really working on being able to trust myself. Yes, I am going to do what I said because I know that sleep is so important to me. It makes a big difference in how I feel all day and what I am able to do. So self-trust is fundamental to feeling good about yourself and your life. And underneath it is the relationship that we have with ourselves. Think about what you would want in a good friend, especially regarding trust. Would you want them to show up at the time that you planned? Would you want them to keep confidences and not share things that you told them? Would you want them to care about you and reach out to help you when you're in difficult times? Would you want them to do what they say they would to help you? Well, offer that to yourself. You know how it feels to have a promise made and then broken, and you lose faith and trust in the other person. Well, the same thing occurs with you. When we don't keep our word to ourselves, we lose our credibility and it undermines our belief in ourselves. When you make a promise to yourself, are you 100% confident that you know you're going to do it, or is your promise kind of tainted with doubt? Often we don't completely trust that we're going to do what we say because we look at the past and all the times that we didn't do it. So here's a few examples of ways that we do this to ourselves, like not doing what we plan to do to take care of ourselves, like go for those walks or do the physical therapy that our doctor gave us to do, going to bed at a certain time or eating according to your plan, or maybe spending more on clothes that you plan to do or procrastinating some time off that you wanted for yourself. How does it feel to not trust yourself? I've noticed that I feel disappointed. I'll start to feel inadequate and insecure. But how does it feel to trust yourself? There's a lot of peace that comes with that and confidence. Confidence comes from certainty, knowing that we're going to do and create the things that we wanted. And I feel centered and grounded. At the end of the day, how do you usually feel about what you got done that day? How do you usually feel at the end of the week or the year or the last 10 years? Are you creating the life that you want? Well, it's not like any of us are unusual. We all do this. We keep planning to do things and then not doing them. Welcome to the human condition. But there are lots of people who figure it out and they start to make things happen one step at a time by planning and then honoring those commitments to themselves. So let's talk about those other people. It's so interesting and fascinating. Why are we so terrified to disappoint someone else and yet we disappoint ourselves all the time? When is the last time you put off or you gave up something you wanted to do so that you could take care of what someone else wanted? It probably wasn't very long ago. Here's a few examples, like doing more for your grown-up kids than you really have time or want to, or more importantly, doing more for them than is good for them and enabling them, like giving them money over and over when they really should be figuring that out on their own. How about saying yes to church service that you don't have time for over and over again when there's other people who could and should be stepping up? Or not going on that weekend spa retreat because your spouse thought it would be indulgent and unnecessary. We get so wrapped up in wanting other people to see us as dependable, responsible, and trustworthy. But we forget that the person's opinion who matters the most is our own opinion of ourselves. 
And making sacrifices for other people is really important at times. Learning to sacrifice for others and be loving, and yet at the same time not make it a deep pattern of literally sacrificing ourselves, losing who we are, and thinking that our only purpose in life is to take care of everyone else's wishes and needs at the cost of our own. I know it can be a fine line. For those of us who are Christian, something that gets in our way sometimes is a belief that Jesus Christ was self-sacrificing all the time without noticing that he was also very self-confident and assured and that self-interest was actually a big motivation for him, just like it is for all of us. The scriptures say that he endured the cross because of the joy that was set before him. So he knew there was something in it for him. He wanted that amazing, boundless joy. Remember how confident he was and how clear he was on who he was and what he was there to do, and he got it all done. He took 40 days in the wilderness to prepare for a three-year ministry, and he didn't let the fact that so many people desperately needed his message and his care and his healing right now, he didn't let that dissuade him and give up that 40 days so that he could go help them right now. He knew that he needed that time away to be able to serve as he wanted to. I realize that's about 12 days for every year of his ministry. Do you give yourself that much time each year away to think and rest and commune with your Creator? Well, you have a perfect example here. I want to share just one thought, one idea that can help us get better at honoring commitments to ourselves. And that idea is to make trusting ourselves the goal more than the other thing that we want to do. So sometimes we can get lost because hey, that second piece of pie doesn't make a huge difference in the long run. But when we realize that deciding to eat or not eat that second piece of pie has a big impact on our self-trust and what we think of ourselves, that makes it more long-lasting and more important. So starting to see how all these little micro decisions that we're making in the moment are actually creating our self-concept and our trust in ourselves can help add meaning and purpose to these decisions. Here's a small example of something that I'm working on myself. So I have a habit of getting involved in a project, for example, writing a podcast outline and just getting so deep into it that I forget to notice how much time is going by and I don't get it done in a reasonable time. So I've decided I want to trust myself to limit how long I work on a project. I want to get it done in the time that I give myself and then be able to go on to the next thing. So I've created a process that I am following lately. I set a timer and I'm clear about what I expect to get done in that time. And then I go to work and when the timer goes off, I celebrate what I've accomplished. So I decided that when I hear that timer, I'm going to just be proud of myself for what I got done. And it's actually working. Whenever I hear this timer go off now, I just have this happy, joyful feeling come up. Sometimes I keep letting it play. I don't even want to turn it off. My husband hasn't complained yet, though. 
So changing the way I think about these time periods instead of like a restriction and like being really hard on myself about it, like I'm just looking at it as something fun and a time to like just appreciate what I got done. And then when that timer goes off, I look at what I've done. Did I get it done? Did I completely finish? And if I didn't, then I have a list of questions to ask myself. Why didn't I get this done? I want to give Lauren Cash at Viveri Company. She's a time coach for these questions because I think they're really good. So if I didn't get done in that time, I'll ask myself, why did I take longer than I decided I would? Did I believe going into that time block that I would have it completed by the end? Did I break the project down enough to give each step a time assignment? Was I distracting myself during the time block with interruptions, checking behaviors, multitasking, other unfocused activities? And so that those questions are helping me figure out, okay, why am I taking so long to get some of this stuff done? And then no matter whether I'm done or not, after I Um, answer those questions, I go on to the next thing in my list. If I'm not done, I'm going to have to put it on my to-do list again another time, another day. I don't do this with everything I do all day. I just choose two or three time periods a day right now, but it's really raising my awareness of what I'm doing and why I'm taking longer than I want to. I want to be able to say to myself, when I'm going to get that podcast outline written in one hour and I know I'm going to get it done and I am going to get to that this year. (laughs) So I know I can't master this this week, but I can follow the process every day this week. And in a year, I'm going to be on top of this. I'm going to be able to honor my commitment to myself when I say I'm going to get something done in a certain length of time. I'll get it done. What is that right thing for you that you want to hold yourself accountable to? Maybe instead of saying that you're going to go walk an hour every day, if you aren't keeping that commitment, it might be too big. Remember a few podcasts ago, we had a list of 15 questions to understand your motivation blocks. That was episode 22, Where Did My Motivation Go? 15 Reasons Why You're Not Taking Action. And the first question on that list was, is my goal too big? Is that why I'm not motivated to do it? Because sometimes they're so big that they're overwhelming. It might be too much to say you're going to go for a walk for an hour every day. But if you keep not doing, then that just keeps building that self-doubt. So shrinking that goal down a little bit and saying, okay, here's some first steps that are more realistic. Every day at three o'clock, I'm going to put on my walking shoes and I'm just going to get in the habit of putting on my walking shoes at three o'clock. You don't even have to go for the walk. The point is that you're going to start trusting yourself to do what you say you do when you pick tiny micro goals like that and create these habits. Maybe after a week or two weeks of putting on your walking shoes at three o'clock every day, then you say, okay, and then I'm going to go for a five minute walk. When you get good at that, then, and you know, you can trust yourself to do that. Then it can be a 10 minute walk, maybe a 15 minute walk. And you just keep increasing instead of trying to do it all at once, build trust in yourself, create such small goals that you know, you can't fail. (laughs) and 
This can happen with food too. We all have food drama somewhere. Maybe you decided, hey, I'm not going to eat any more dessert ever. I am done with sugar. And then maybe you're doing it a lot of the time, but every once in a while you have that brownie and then you feel like you broke your promise to yourself and you let yourself down. So what's a smaller goal? Maybe you could decide, I'm going to have dessert three times a week. And once you have really honored that commitment to yourself and you can trust yourself that you're not going to eat dessert more than three times a week, you can start cutting that down to maybe once a week on Sundays and just stay there and feel good about what you're accomplishing with that. The goal becomes self-trust. Your self-trust is way more important than that immediate goal. Like it really doesn't matter one day if you do or don't go for a walk or eat dessert. But what you're starting to believe about yourself, that really matters. So when you bring that idea of like, I'm really working on trusting myself, and this is just an opportunity to learn to trust myself. It could be anything. It could be money. It could be exercise. It could be the way that you talk to your kids. It could be church service. It could be so many things that you use as a tool to learn to trust yourself. But remember, you want to learn to honor commitments to yourself, and you can use anything in your life as a tool to do that. And another thing that can really help is to find evidence that you know how to honor commitments to yourself already. You can list things that you can trust yourself on already. What have you already mastered? Give yourself that evidence that you're totally capable of this. I know you have some things already that you figured out in your life. And you know, those are lines you don't cross or rules you don't break or habits you've got down pat. So remember, the process is even more important than the result right now. Practicing honoring your commitments to yourself and celebrating that you're becoming someone that you can trust to do what they say. That is an awesome feeling to have. I know these things will help you. Just seeing this issue in a whole new way Just the awareness that you're breaking promises to yourself when you don't keep those plans, it changed it so much for me. And then understanding the role of self-mastery in those micro decisions and the role of other people who sometimes influence us to give up what we want. We don't want to disappoint them, so we disappoint ourselves instead. And remember to make self-trust your goal. It's more important than these other goals This isn't just about a piece of cake or $50 or an afternoon walk. It's about trusting yourself. That's a long-term, big picture, eternal significance goal. Be peaceful, be powerful, and love your radiant heart. Do you know that even in midlife, you can live with more joy, more peace, and more power than ever before? As a life coach, I teach people to see the possibilities open to them and how to create the motivation and energy to make those goals and desires happen. In the middle of life is the perfect time to update your mind and how you're thinking so you can make the most of the rest of your life. I'm always happy to talk about what you want in your life and how coaching can help you get it. You can email me at vana at midlifeconfidencecoach.com or on my website, midlifeconfidencecoach.com or message me on social media. All that's in the show notes. Take care until next time.